Life support is nominal. The oxygen danger indicator level is yellow. Please remember that this is a non-smoking pirate ship. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to GameIndustry.com's The Gin Lounge. We're going deep into the Mafia this week with a developer call from Mafia 2, a game which is coming out on August 24th. A game that I'm looking forward to because I love me my gangster games. So to support the game, what uh, often happens in the game industry is that the developers will host a call with the media, and they'll answer our questions. And this one was particularly good. I thought it was really interesting. So if you guys are interested, I thought maybe what I would do is I I recorded the call, and uh, we're going to play the call in its entirety and its unedited-ness for you right now. The... um, First person that you'll hear uh, in the call recording is Chase from Access Communications. He's the PR guy. I also hear he's a made man, so you don't want to mess with him. And so everything you wanted to know about Mafia 2, you'll find out in the next uh, 20 minutes or so as we listen in on the developer call for Mafia 2. And again, again the game is out on August 24th for every platform. <laughs> so we're looking forward to, to hearing that. All right. Uh, without further ado, I will let Chase uh, take it away. This is Chase from Access Communications, and I want to welcome you all for our Mafia 2 developer conference call from 2K Games. And on the line, I have Jack Scalisi. He's the director of creative production. So, Jack, are you on the line? Yes, I am. Excellent. So, why don't you give a quick overview of the game, and then we'll get to the questions. All right. Well, the game is called Mafia 2. It's coming out on August 24th of this year uh, for the PS3, 360, and PC. And it tells the story of a young man named uh, Vito Scaletta and his best friend, Joe Barbaro, and their rise and fall in the Mafia in the uh, 1940s and 1950s. So let's uh, start with uh, some development questions. Almost eight years have passed since the original Mafia title was released. Why did it take so long for the sequel to come to fruition? Well, uh, you guys have all seen the way the game looks and the way it runs, how smooth it is. Right from the get-go, we said we want to develop it uh, to look like that, to run like that on all three major platforms that could support a game with you know graphics and features like this. And the engine to do that, uh, there was nothing out there at the time that did it, so 2K Check uh, chose to develop their own game engine. And that is neither cheap uh, nor quick to do. And uh, that was what took most of the time for the last eight years. And, of course, games this big don't come together overnight, so we did need a couple of years to put the rest of the game together after the engine and the uh, dev tools were built. So what are some of the major improvements the devs have made to Mafia 2 over the first game? Well, I mean, uh, first and foremost, you see the graphics. Um, you know, Mafia 1 looks great. It looked amazing at the time. It still holds up to this day, which I think is a major achievement. But uh, Mafia 2 has to look better in every way, and uh, it certainly does. Um, one thing we chose to keep from the first game was the big major focus on story and atmosphere. I really wouldn't call that an improvement, um, but it's something that I think Mafia 1 did better than any other game of its time, and of all time, actually, and it's uh, something we chose to bring over uh, from the first one. Okay, here's one of those questions that has uh, a string of possible answers. Obviously, Mafia 2 draws from a romanticized era of Americana that's part and parcel of the American experience. Since the game was designed and created by QK Check, were there any challenges in obtaining in-game authenticity of that era, whether it be in the script, the game's visuals, or anything else? If so, how were those overcome? Uh, that stuff was, a lot of it was my job. Um, obviously, the art is something where we just, you know, the, the artist's, Flew over to uh, New York, Chicago, San Francisco, took photographs, did a lot of research. That's something you don't really need to be from the culture to understand. Things, um, you know, like fashions and advertising and things like that. 
Um, as far as the dialogue and the characters and things like that go, um, the original writer, uh, Daniel Vavra, uh, and I, we both worked really hard, worked together to really uh, Americanize or Hollywoodize uh, the script that he had written. And uh, so a lot of that really fell to me. So what were some of the most challenging obstacles the dev team encountered during development? Uh, the biggest obstacle, uh, as I said earlier, was probably the engine, the game engine, just developing this tech that not only had to work on PC, but had to work on the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360. Uh, this game, some people don't know this, but it, was, it started out, because it was 2002, it started out being developed for the PS2 and the Xbox and PCs from 2002. And then once the next console generation hit, the game engine had to be, uh, you know, fitted to those consoles and the, all the new capabilities that they brought to the table. So no longer were you, you know, confined to certain memory restrictions. Now all of a sudden, you know, we have these game consoles of today, which are, you know, technic technically and technologically light years ahead of what the PS2 and the original Xbox could do. So that was probably the biggest challenge. So do you foresee the Mafia franchise progressing into even more recent time periods? Uh, of course. I mean, the Mafia is something that's existed for hundreds of years. It's something that's going to exist. Um, it's become this kind of general term for organized crime. It doesn't have to be the Italian Mafia. You know, we've all heard of, like, the Russian Mafia or, you know, the Yakuza, the Japanese Mafia. So I, it could go anywhere and do anything, really. So were there any features of Mafia 2 that didn't make the cut that you wish had, any that might be added back in later? Um, there's a couple of features. You know, like, I, I wish we had gotten the melee combat uh, the weapons working. Like, we have a great melee system in the game, but, uh, you know, melee weapons aren't something that the Mafia's really known for. I mean, they're more about guns, but at one time we were playing around with uh, things like baseball bats and pool cues and things like that, and uh, destructible environments, being able to break things in the environment and then having those things become weapons, like hitting, hitting a guy with a chair and then the chair breaks and you can beat him with a chair leg, things like that. I wish that we had uh, gotten up to the same level of quality as the rest of the game. Uh, the reason that we didn't include them is because they were not up to level of quality um, as the, the driving, the shooting, and the melee combat that we have in the shipping game. So the original Mafia had a screenplay of 400 pages. This time around, you're boasting nearly double that with 700 pages and over two hours of in-game cutscenes, all done with the game's illusion engine. What challenges did you face trying to cram this much storytelling into one game while maintaining player interest long enough to finish it? Oh, boy. Um, yeah, so the script started out around 500 this time when I got it, and then we got it up to almost 800 at one point, actually. Um, and, you know, we noticed that story is good and everything, but, it's, you know, games are all about gameplay. If the gameplay isn't there, if the pacing doesn't work, then not as many people are going to get to experience this wonderful story that we've written. So something we did, uh, you know, the major, the major changes that we did from the, between the original design on paper being the script and the game that you're going to play on August 24th, was that uh, it was the pacing. So if we had five minutes of story to tell, um, and it was originally designed as a five-minute cutscene, um, you know, wherever that cutscene took place in the world, odds are you probably had to drive for 60 seconds to three minutes to get there. So if we could take some of that five minutes of information conveyed in that cutscene and put it during the drive, so if you drove to that cutscene with another character in the car and you could talk about stuff, and give a little bit of exposition and do some storytelling there before you get to the cutscene, and therefore have a shorter cutscene, then that's a lot of what we did. We said, all right, let's not have a two-minute drive to a five-minute cutscene. Let's have a two-minute drive to a three-minute cutscene and still convey the same five minutes of information. So how destructive will the environments be, and will you be able to damage through cover? Uh, the environments aren't completely 100% destructible in that you can't knock down whole buildings, you know, um, this is a mafia game, so you are using weapons, mostly, you know, projectile weapons with bullets. 
um, that aren't going to knock down a whole building. I know there's there's one video and there's one part of the game where you do have to destroy a building and it is you know scripted to fall apart and everything. But that's really the only case like that. Um, you've probably seen some some videos and you, you see in the in the demo that was released on August 10th that uh, the cover you hide behind is partially destructible or completely destructible. So if you're hiding behind like a concrete column and uh, a guy's shooting that with a shotgun or a Tommy gun, that will chip away. Um, if you're hiding behind like a, like a wooden table, for example, that will take a couple of bullets and then it'll just disintegrate. And you can uh, shoot through certain cover, like certain guys, certain guns can shoot through wood. Um, you're not going to be, you know, there is no rail gun. You're not going to be shooting through entire buildings, things like that. So what's the coolest, most unexpected thing you've seen someone pull off in the game? Oh, man. It's, it's so weird. I see stuff. I've been playing this game for years, as you probably know. And I, it, every time I play it, something new happens. Um, coolest, I don't know about coolest, but there's something weird happened the other day we were demoing the game where uh, we were, we started, you know, we started playing and the cops started chasing us and I didn't feel like bribing the cop or running from him, so I started to fight with the cops. And then the cops ended up chasing me all across the city and then I decided to carjack someone and the guy had his wife in the car. So I pulled the guy out, I got into his car and then um, his wife got out of the car and then the cops flew into me, knocked the door down, killed his wife, and then fell off a bridge. <laughs> little uh, crazy, little emergent things like that always happen in the game world. Um, so the first Mafia was much better received on PC than Xbox. How did that affect your approach going in to make a game that has to be successful on consoles? Well, you know, we saw the growth of the console market, and um, I actually was one of the consumers who was a little bit disappointed having playing, played the PC version of Mafia. Um, and then I played the Xbox version of Mafia, and I saw the magic on the, you know, on the PC version, and some of it just wasn't there on the on the Xbox version. And I never touched the PS2 version, but I heard that one wasn't quite up to par as well um, compared to the PC version. Um, so right from the very start, we said, um, and again going back to the game engine, we said we need this game to look great and run great and support the entire feature set across um, the major consoles and PC. So once again, this is why it took eight years. So what was the most fun you had recreating this era of time? Uh, the most fun I personally had was the music. Um, I haven't told the story too many times before, but um, I handle all the music licensing for 2K. And when I saw the script a couple of years ago, um, I saw how much music we had the opportunity to put in this game. I called up all the record labels and I said, you know, send me everything you have that came out, you know, before the basically the Phil Spector sound, you know, the wall of sound, sound, the defining sound of the 60s and the early 90s. Probably like 1961, 62. I said, send me everything you have before that, and I'll, you know, we'll take it under consideration. So we ended up with a couple of thousand tracks, and then um, over the course of probably three years, I listened to nothing but those thousands and thousands of tracks from the 50s and 40s, and some from the 30s. And uh, we ended up with like I think 122 total that went into the game, and these were the 122 best, and also the 122 that didn't annoy me after listening to them for three straight years. Cool. And so the original Mafia game was released to rave reviews, but that was eight years ago. Actually, this is sort of, you've sort of addressed this. But what have you done to evolve the series to attract a new crowd of gamers while making sure any original Mafia players can purchase without worry? Well, uh, as I said earlier, you know, we did carry over the story and the atmosphere. I mean, those were universally um, acclaimed, and they were also, uh, these are the, those are the elements from the first game that everyone considers to be best of breed in Mafia, was the story, the story, the focus on the story, the storytelling, and the atmosphere. Um, so fans of Mafia 1, you'll still get a very unique feel when you play Mafia 2. Um, it'll be obviously different because it takes place in a different era, but uh, they don't have anything to worry about. And um, for Mafia 
for people who are completely new to Mafia, um, the gameplay and just gameplay in general across all games has evolved so much in the last eight years. You know, think about how many amazing games have come out since 2002. Um, so we really updated the gameplay. So if you were if you weren't a fan of the you know the slower moving cars in Mafia One, you know which which fit perfectly in that era. Um, the, the, a lot of the cars in uh, Mafia Two were much faster, cooler. You know we have basically it's you know sex, drugs, and rock and roll. You know compared to the 1920s and 1930s, and that's where you know the first game took, took place in. So you've already spoken to some of the aspects of this next question, but what kind of research and design was done to capture the look, feel, and sound of the 40s and 50s America? Maybe you can talk about how you got the authenticity of the cars or something along those lines since you've addressed the look. Well, um, you know, the Internet is a huge source of information um, as far as classic cars go. Um, there are books on this subject. Um, there are books on the fashions and uh, advertising in the 40s and 50s. This is, these are places to really look to. Um, yeah, music is, you know, music lives forever, so music wasn't too hard. Um I guess that's all I can really say about that one. Cool. And so um, how hard is it to be historically accurate while making a game that has set decades in the past? Were there any aspects of this historical period that were especially difficult to replicate? Uh, not really. Um, everything was pretty simple to replicate, um, but we had to work within certain constraints. Um, in just about every game I can think of that was that's, you know, set within the last you know, 30, 40 years, you have radio communication. So whenever you need to, you can just have the player, you know, put his hand up to his ear and his magic communicator turns on, and some voice tells him what to do. Um, as, a, as a game designer, that's the easiest and cheapest and best thing to be able to do is, you know, just, you know, kind of like in Halo, you know, Cortana just talks to Chief whenever he needs to get his next objective, something like that. We didn't have that luxury um, in the 1940s and, you know, the early to mid-1950s that stuff didn't exist. Uh, there were no things like cell phones, you know, that gets lumped in there, too. So it was really difficult. We had to make sure that the player understood what he needed to do. And and uh, once he was in that car, you know, that's it. We couldn't really have him veer off that path. Um, we were, you know, we were inspired by history, but we weren't slaves to it. So if being historically accurate meant that gameplay was going to suffer, then, you know, we bent history a little bit. For example, uh, the GPS. You can't have a city that's 10 square miles, which is the size of what uh, Empire Bay is, without having some kind of GPS navigation because it just doesn't work. And obviously the GPS didn't exist in the 50s. It's just something that you know we put in the game just to make it work for everybody. So for people who are new to the franchise, is it important to play the first Mafia before playing Mafia 2? Uh, no, not at all. Um, um, for people who don't know, just about everybody died or went to jail at the end of Mafia 1. And, uh, you know, they didn't leave, it didn't leave us too many avenues to, uh, to carry over that story or to basically just make Mafia 1.5. So it is a completely new story with uh, similar yet much evolved gameplay. So you don't really need to play Mafia 1 in order to play Mafia 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Fizz-X engine looks quite impressive in the game. Can we expect cover areas to also be affected? For example, a table that's already knocked down for cover is not a permanent camping ground but can quickly be torn to bits? Uh, yeah, this is something that, uh, you know, I touched on before. Um, the cover is usually destructible, depending on what you're hiding behind. Uh, partially destructible things include things like, like that are made out of concrete. It'll chip away. Um, it won't get completely destroyed by lead bullets, but it will chip away. If there's an overturned wooden table, yeah, that table is going to take one or two shotgun blasts, and that's it. And a Tommy gun will tear it to pieces. Can we get a rough estimation of how long it will take to complete, complete the main game and side missions? Um, most playthroughs I've seen take place, you know, between 13 and 20 hours. I mean, it depends on what you want to do. If you want to rush through it, you can probably get through 13, a little less. Average, I'd say, is between 15 and 20. Uh, we've all played the demo, and hopefully you all have. 
but how linear is the actual game? Will there be multiple endings based upon how you progress through the game? Uh, the game is um, actually very linear, much in the way that like, a movie is very is is very linear. Um, at one point in the design, we did have a couple of choices in the game, and then those led to different endings. But you know, the the more the closer we got to finishing that, we said you know these choices aren't as meaningful as we'd like them to be. And the endings aren't all, you know, while they're all different and it's cool to get different endings, they weren't all quite as satisfying as we would have liked them to be. And there was one ending and we said, you know, this one has the, be- the greatest impact on the player. Everyone who gets this ending has been affected in a different way and it's, it's profound. So let's just steer them towards this ending. So the choices went away and we steered everyone, to, like most games have, you know, one ending. So in what ways are we going to see the city change over time? Well, uh... Things that will change are the things that, you know, we, uh, we mentioned earlier, things like the cars. You know, in the 1940s, the cars were these boxy people movers that were painted in these dull colors that were available back then. Um, in the 1950s, all these factories that were busy making airplanes are now, you know, for the war, were now making cars again. That's why you couldn't buy a car in the 1940s because everyone was busy making planes and tanks and all that stuff. Um, then the 1950s roll around and the cars look like rocket ships and there's all these super bright, you know, red and yellow and blue paint schemes. And um, so the cars really, really evolved. The music, of course, obviously, in the 1940s, there was no rock and roll. 1950s roll around, you have the birth of rock and roll. You have artists like Chuck Berry and Little Richard, Buddy Holly. So you're going to experience the birth of rock and roll in the game. Um, the radio is no longer dominated by World War II news reports, as it was in the 1940s. Um, so in the 1950s, you're going to hear a lot of advertising for products, and a lot of, there's a lot of commercialism that happened. Um, 1950s, you know, exploded after World War II was over. The economy, that is. Um, you're not going to see as many propaganda posters. You didn't see any propaganda posters, actually, in the 1950s. In the 1940s, that's really all you see are just ads urging young men to sign up for the selective service, you know, for the Army, Navy, Air Force, things like that. Um, women's fashions tend to change a lot. Men's fashions, you know, guys have been wearing suits for like 100 years, and they really haven't changed too much. But women's fashions tend to change, you know, like every six months or every couple of years. Um, so that's something you'll see. Uh, women's fashions and hairstyles will change. Uh, that's about all I can think of for now. That's quite a lot. Uh, could you describe the save mechanic you used? I've heard that it's old school, if you, where if you die, the level is restart instead of using a more modernized checkpoint system. No, 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 no. You don't, you don't start at the beginning of level unless you don't get to the first checkpoint. Um, the checkpoints are, you know, they're not placed every 10 minutes, so it's not like you're just going to die and start where you were, you know, two seconds ago. Um, but... You know, you'll start off, and then once you get to the first checkpoint, if you die, you'll start at the checkpoint. So we do have a modern checkpoint system in the game. Okay, going back to the destruction topic a little bit, uh, but this on the vehicle front. There's been some talk about the destruction in the gameplay, i.e. vehicles and buildings. Can or will there be consequences of the destruction? Uh, will the vehicle not function, make maneuverability hard, etc.? In other words, how much of the destruction actually affects the storyline? Um, well, that's not really storyline. That I think that's gameplay. So the destruction of anything doesn't really affect the story at all or the storyline. But um, the vehicles are something where uh, you know the cops can shoot out your tire and then it'll go flat. And eventually, if you keep driving on it, it'll fall off. You'll be driving on a rim. That will obviously affect your ability to go fast. And at the corner, so the cops can easily then overtake you and just start shooting at you if it's a shoot to kill situation. So um, you know your vehicle can take damage. Depending on the vehicle, it'll take damage and then. The engine can get damaged, and then the car's performance uh, will suffer. You won't be able to go as fast. Um, so vehicle destruction is something that's very important. Are there any side missions that can be repeated after the completion of the main storyline? Can the players continue playing in the open world after the end mission, or will users have to restart the last checkpoint to explore the world again? 
Uh, there is no free roam or free ride mode or anything like that um, in the game. So you can free roam or, you, can, you know, do side missions, whatever you like to call them. Um, during most of the main story, uh, you're not really timed to get anywhere except um, sort of, you know, at the end of the demo, you know, Henry's bleeding to death in the back seat. So obviously in the, in the main game, the continuation of that is you need to get Henry to adopt it before he dies. So things like that, you can't free roam with bleeding friends in the car. But uh, you can free roam whenever you want um, during the main game. After the game's over, the game's over, that's it. But uh, for PS3, uh, we have that free day one DLC, The Betrayal of Ginny. Uh, that is more of an arcade-style free-roaming um, experience. It's still story-based, but, um, you know, the, the major objectives Jimmy has to complete don't take an hour like Vito's objectives take. They take, you know, five to ten minutes. So the, the free DLC and the DLC that's available for everyone um, that's called Jimmy's Vendetta. That is, uh, those are far more, you know, free roam based. Can you give us a little insight into the melee combat in the game? Is the com- is it the combat of last resort, or do you want to try and get your character into a melee situation? Well, it's designed to be easy to understand um, and uh, rewarding when you can actually pull off the different uh, finishing moves. So it's um, it's almost like boxing in a way. Um, you know, Vito's not a kung fu master or anything like that. He can defend himself, but it's mostly with his fist. The finishing moves are what are my personal favorite. They're contact sensitive. So, like, if you're near a car and the guy's facing the right way, Vito can, you know, t- will take his head and smash it into the car. If you're not near a car, instead, like, he'll take the guy's head and ram it into his knee. Um, so the, the finishers are my personal favorite part of that. Uh, several games of this sort leave the window open for the player to go nuts and create as much carnage as they, as they want. However, there are some that discourage this kind of behavior. Where does Mafia 2 stand? Um, we'll let you do it to a point, but we do discourage it. Uh, the police in Mafia 2 are nowhere near as aggressive as they were in Mafia 1, but they still are a presence. Um, when you start behaving badly, depending on what you've done, the cops will respond in different ways. If it's just a fist fight, um, you know, you'll get, you'll have to pay a small fine, or you can, you know, you can resist arrest. If you run someone over and keep driving, they will, you know, they'll use their guns to stop you. If you kill a cop, you're basically dead. You know, they call an officer down, and, you know, and then you're basically labeled a cop killer, and every cop in the city will stop at nothing to kill you. So it's, um, you know, it, it's realistic, and you can fight the cops. The cops aren't supermen. They're not wearing body armor or anything like that. They didn't have that back then. Um, so if you're very well-equipped weapon-wise and you're ready to take on the cops, you can try it, but you'll probably die eventually. So how vast is the explorable area compared to the original Mafia? Um, Empire Bay, uh, as opposed to Lost Heaven, Empire Bay is twice the size, roughly, so it's, uh, it's 10 square miles of fully explorable uh, real estate. Uh, Mafia 2 is said to be boasting real-time cutscenes. What benefits are there to code real-time cutscenes versus pre-rendered? Well, technically, technically it's a little bit of a disk space uh, issue. You know, you don't have to have this pre-rendered video living on the, on the disk anywhere. It's just you're using, you know, the same or similar assets in every scene. And, uh, you know, we do provide a lot of customization for what Vito can wear. So we have all this clothing in the game. And depending on what you choose to wear, Vito is wearing that in the cutscene. So it's like, you know, it's like a different, deeper level of customization in the game with these real-time cutscenes. So will hijacking every car in Mafia 2 require the lock-picking minigame? Um, hijacking, to me, usually means that there's someone in the car already. Um, so when there's someone in the car, and if, it, if it's going slow enough or if it's just stopped, you can just pull pull open the door um, with the open door button, and you'll throw the guy out, um, or you'll help the lady out of the car, depending on who's driving it. Um, if you want to break into a stationary vehicle with no one in it, you can break the window um, with, the, with uh, the action button, or you can, you can pick the lock if you don't want to damage the vehicle. 
So will wearing different clothes have an effect on missions, i.e. make you easier or harder to be spotted by the police? No, not really. This isn't a game where you can wear a giant purple pimp hat or, you know, a, a crazy bright red suit. You do have to dress like a mobster would be, would dress. So uh, there's nothing that Vito can wear that's really extravagant or loud or anything like that. Will there be more, quote, sneaking missions like the sewer mission? Um, yes, but I won't go into exactly what that is. What kind of weapons can we expect? Anything that we might be familiar with? Um, well, if you're familiar with World War II shooters, you'll see a lot of World War II-era weapons in there, like the uh, M1 Garand will be in there, the um, 1911 uh, semi-automatic pistol. I think there's around 20 weapons altogether, um, you know, grenades, Molotov cocktails, um, shotguns, the Tommy gun, of course, you can't make an old-school uh, mafia game without a Tommy gun, uh, the N3 grease gun. So there's, uh, there are, it's a nice mix of American and exotic um, weaponry from the era. So what would you say immediately makes your game stand out from other open-world sandbox-type games? Mafia 2, I think it's our, our focus on the story and the storytelling, um, the linearity of it. Um, and, you know, these are all things we did on purpose. Uh, we wanted it to really feel like a cinematic experience. Um, and there's, uh, in a similar respect, there's no other game out there that has this, this level of driving and uh, shooter combat and melee combat wrapped up in a city, you know, that takes place in this set that's 10 square miles, you know, and, and really just evokes this era of this world that no longer exists. But there's really nothing else out there like it to me. If the story in Mafia was epic, taking the protagonist from a taxi driver to maid man to police informant to an old man. Um, is Mafia 2 going to be just as big a story, and what films and events influence the story in Mafia 2? Um, I don't know what films and events really... It, really did that. Um, the, the, the story was originally written by Daniel Bob, the guy who wrote the first game. So it is just as epic. Um, I'm not going to, I mean, the only reason you know that, you know, Mafia 1 took Tommy to where he was an old man is because you, you would have seen the ending. I'm not going to give away the ending to Mafia 2. Um, but it is just as epic. And I can't really, I can, honestly, I can't answer what films or events influence the story. I know that Daniel is a history buff, so I wouldn't be surprised if it was influenced by historical characters. Uh, this may or may not make this next question difficult to answer. How difficult is it to create a new gangster story without falling into mafia cliches that have been done time and time again? Well, the reason that the mafia stuff is maybe considered cliche and that's done time and time again is because the mafia is very much like a military organization. You have to behave one way and only one way. You have to do certain things and only certain things, or they kill you. So it's it's not like you can just have a guy who's a mobster slash something else, or like you have to be a mobster and you have to act like, you got to act like a wise guy if you're a wise guy. So, and there are rules to this organization. Like I said, it's like the military, but, you know, obviously in different uniforms. So how will how will the backstory of Vito being a World War II vet influence Mafia II? Well, Vito is, you know, he's a he's an ex-soldier at the start of the game. He's seen the hell and the horror of war in World War II. So when he's asked, and you guys have seen this in probably the, the uh, August 2007 trailer that we debuted at Leipzig. Um, he's asked by um, a high-ranking member of, a, of one of the mafia families in the game, like, it, more or less, he's saying, like, can you kill? And, you know, Vito's response to this is, I was in the war, asshole, of course I can kill. You know, so he's saying, like, look, all this little mafia stuff that you guys are doing back here is great, and I'd love to be a part of it, but it's, it's nothing compared to what I went to overseas in the war. So that's, you know, where Vito, and Vito is one of the guys that sit there and talks, he tells war stories with his buddies, so he did see some crazy shit in the war. 
And um, that's what makes, you know, make him able to stomach this stuff. He's not just a nice little guy off the streets. He's like, oh, yeah, sure, you make out, I can kill that guy. He's someone who's had to do this before. Will we see any references or cameos to Mafia 1? Uh, there will be some stuff. I've said in the past there will be some stuff in there for uh, fans of Mafia 1, but I won't say exactly what it is. I don't want to ruin the surprise. All right. We've got a bunch of Playboy-related questions. Surprising. Um, how did the association with Playboy come about? Did the team approach Playboy with the idea of including Playmates from the time period or vice versa? Well, Playboy was one of those things that, you know, we'd always plan to advertise in Playboy because it kind of embodies, you know, what we call the good life, what the monsters would, you know, aspire to, to become. You know, a, a well-dressed guy with pretty girls, fast cars. And so Playboy to us always embodied what, you know, what it was to be a gangster. And when it came time to find collectibles to put in the game, you know, we thought, like, oh, should we have, like, what are we going to hide all over the world to encourage exploration? Because that's what you do when you have a game a game world that's, you know, literally 10 square miles in size. You have to hide these things all over the world and encourage people to, to explore and pick them up and maybe go a little off the beaten path. So we said, oh, is it going to be, you know, concrete boots? Is it going to be brass knuckles? You know, something like that. You know, those are really cheesy. And we had a, a phony gentleman's magazine that we created for the game. We said, you know, wouldn't it be cool if this was Playboy? And one of one of uh, the guys in our marketing department, he already had a relationship with someone at Playboy, so he just made a phone call and they went for it. Cool. And for uh, people who don't know, that's the uh, one in the fifties is when the Playboy magazine first came out. So it was also timed with that. Um, and can you talk a little bit about what people see with the magazines? Uh, yeah, we have uh, fifty Playboy original. And these are original covers from the 50s and 50 centerfolds. And uh, it sort of covers off on this question, which somebody said, we get to collect vintage issues of Playboy, but how much of the magazine is viewable outside of the cover? Because, you know, I want to read the articles. <laughs> I enjoy the articles as well. Um, I guess the articles didn't make the cut. No, the articles did not make the cut. Uh, there was only room. I guess, I guess it must have been a disk space issue. <laughs> so let's uh, talk about automobiles and driving. Um, we know that you have a variety of vintage cars in Mafia 2. What are your favorites? Uh, one of my personal favorites is the Ascot Bailey. It's one of the convertibles you've probably seen. There's another one called the Roller, which is a special car that's in the game. Um, the Jeep that's available in the DLC is really cool. It's obviously not quite as fast, but those are probably my three favorites. And so uh, we've seen the cars in the game, but what other sorts of conveyances will there be? Streetcars, boats, airplanes? Uh, no, there are no streetcars. It is based on New York, uh, mostly the city. In the city, they, you, you don't have streetcars. Uh, there are taxis, but uh, you can't take a taxi because the wise, guy, wise guys don't really take taxis. They drive their own luxury cars everywhere. So we don't allow Vito to take public transportation for that reason. Um, you cannot fly a plane. There weren't too many non-military airplanes flying around back then. And boats, there's really, there was really no place to go on a boat, so we didn't do boats this time either. In the E3 demo, the car physics felt sluggish in response. Was the design of the game aiming toward realism of the era instead of fast maneuvers? Well, I would say to the, this person, then you obviously didn't drive all the cars in the E3 demo. Um, so every car feels different. Uh, there's around 50 different car models in the game, and we have ones that do feel like big, large, sluggish boats. We also have ones that feel like race cars. So if you're driving a big boat of a car, it's going to feel like a big boat of a car. But if you're driving it like a two-seater convertible with a big engine in it, it's going to feel and uh, and respond like a race car. So um, they did. The guys got really geeky with the car physics, um, but that's why we created the normal driving mode, which is a little bit closer to an arcade-style driving mode. And uh, for the people who want to, we have a simulation mode in the games where you, the cars will behave realistically. So the the big boats will behave even more like big boats, and the race cars will behave even more like race cars. 
So moving on to a multiplayer question, uh, there's a big call to add multiplayer to a title to try and keep it in players' hands longer, yet Mafia 2 issues this concept. Sticking with a solid single-player experience, was it difficult to stick with this philosophy, or was there serious debate over adding a multiplayer component? Well, one of the cool things about working at 2K is that we're never really forced to do anything. You know, it's just because we're supposed to, you know, tick that box if there's multiplayer in order to be successful, um, you know, it doesn't mean we have to do it. And it was just like, you know, with uh, with original Bioshock. Um, we didn't find a way to do multiplayer that made sense, so we didn't do it at the time. And same thing with Mafia. We couldn't really think of a way that where multiplayer would be at the same level of quality as the single-player experience, so we chose not to do it. Like, it didn't make any sense at all to, have to take, you know, our whatever we have, like 200 character models in the game and just throw them into a big shootout somehow. Um, so when we can do it, when we when we figure out how to do it and in a way that makes sense, we'll do it. So this next set of questions actually ties into probably one of your greatest specialties, which is the whole voice acting element in the game. Was it hard to cast Italian-sounding voice actors, or was anybody with a decent Rocky accent allowed to audition? <laughs> well, uh, this is one where I cast the net really wide. Um, I deal with most of the casting and voice direction for 2K's titles. And um, this is some, this is actually the reason I got involved in this project from the, from the get-go, is because they, we obviously needed um, actors who could pull off a certain accent, that's really, really difficult to do if you didn't grow up around, grow up around here like I did. And um, anyone was allowed to audition, and I went through so I went through thousands, hundreds if not thousands of auditions. Some of them were really, really, really bad, but, you know, a lot of them were good. And um, it, it wasn't too hard to cast Italian. I mean, I'm assuming by Italian sounding, you mean people with a New York kind of Brooklyn accent, because there aren't really too many Italian or Sicilian characters in the game. Um it was just trying to find the guys with the right voice because you need the voice, you need the acting ability, and then you need to be able to do the accent. So this is, uh, you know, it's a game based on a very specific ethnic group in a very small part of the world. So, uh, but what it, and what's cool is they all know each other. They're all up for the same roles in the same movies all the time. So you find one, you find them all. And actually, can you talk a little bit about the whole how you shot it, how the voice acting wasn't just. Uh single actor at a time oh yeah well um i'm very critical of voice performances in a game because it just pulls you out of the whole experience if you're not uh convinced by the actors and what a lot of games do is they record one actor at a time in the, in the voiceover booth which is the easiest to do from like a scheduling and a production standpoint but it doesn't always yield believable conversations in other words the two game characters have to talk to each other and they're not in the same room at the same time then it usually doesn't work um, so what we did with Mafia is I rented out um, an ADR stage, which is, um, you know, these big sound stages that they do when they re-record the dialogue for the movies, um, you know, for major films. And I brought in about between four and six actors at a time. Like, whoever had um, dialogue with other characters, I brought in the actors for those characters. So the actors were all able to play off of one another, and really, and it really yield, it yielded um, much more believable performances. We do this for all of our games. So are there any famous voice actors in Mafia 2? Um, there are people whose uh, voices you might you might have heard before. Um, there are some people who uh, whose faces you might recognize, but no one, um, as far as the main characters go, no, not really. I mean, the biggest name is probably Bobby Costanzo, who plays Joe, and it's he's one of the guys. If you know him, you know him. But he's not, um, you know, he's not a leading man. He hasn't been, you know, this uh, this major star where everyone's going to hear his voice. I'm like, oh, it's Bobby Costanzo, you know, you know. It doesn't really uh, for me when a when a famous actor's voice is heard voicing a human character in a video game, I immediately sh I'm sucked out of the whole world they're trying to immerse me in. 
and I'm saying, oh, because I'm hearing a, char- a voice of a man I know, not of a, of a character that, I'm, that I've just met, you know? So much for the next question, asking about whether or not you tried to get De Niro to do a voice. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, when you're working with celebrity talent, I've worked with celebrity talent before, um, the best way to do it is to get your game done, and then and then because the celebrity is not going to come in every time you change a scene or every time the design changes. And if they are, it's going to cost you millions. Um, there are so many wonderful actors out there who work at, you know, they still get paid a lot, but they don't get paid, you know, what the celebrities want to get paid. So that's why I prefer to work with, uh, you know, still very competent actors, professional actors, but, you know, guys who aren't going to come with, you know, a million different demands and want a million dollars a session. So let's talk a little bit more about the music. You already talked about how much music, but here's getting a little into some more of the specifics. The recent trailer has Kick in the Head playing. What other licensed music can we expect to see in the game? Uh, we run the gamut, everything from uh, Django Reinhardt, who is a huge part of the Mafia 1. Um, well, there's a Mafia 1 tie-in for you. Uh, Django Reinhardt was a huge part of the Mafia 1 soundtrack, and we do have a couple of Django Reinhardt tracks um, in Mafia 2. So everything from, you know, 1920s to 1930s, uh, jazz, you know, progressing through uh, swing to some early blues, um, evolution to R&D, and then rockabilly, rock and roll, uh, the Italian pop crooners like Dean Martin and Tony Bennett, guys like that, uh, that were really big, Rosemary Clooney, um, you know, the pop stars of the 1950s. And then, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, guys like, you know, Buddy Holly, Chuck Berry, Little Richard, Roy Hamilton, really uh, all the pioneers of their field are here. So the collector's edition will have an orchestral soundtrack, but is there a chance of us getting a soundtrack of the licensed music at some point, or will we have to hunt it all down ourselves? Oh, 122 awesome tracks as one soundtrack is extremely difficult to pull off. Um, I'm personally working on it right now. Um, we haven't really talked about it in the public before, but it's something that I'm looking into. It's something I'd like to do. Um, but as you can imagine, um, it's a huge number of people that need to be signed up for it. When you're talking about, I, I, again, I think it's 122 licensed tracks we have in the game. It's something I'd like to bring to everyone, but it's definitely not going to be easy. So you've announced that the licensed music will obviously be in the game, but how will it be implemented? Is it only in cutscenes, or will there be radio radio stations too? Um, we do use it. You know, we have what I call narrative licensed music, and you know, that's stuff that's used during the cutscenes and during certain gameplay segments. Um, but most of the music is, or well, all the music is available on the radio. We have three different radio stations in each era. So we have three radio stations in the 1940s, and those will all evolve and change formats uh, once you get into the 1950s. So you have, you'll have your rock station in the 50s and your R&B station in the 50s and your, you know, pop crooner stuff in the 50s. And in the 40s, you have your sort of oldies, like, you know, Django Reinhardt music station. And you have your, um, you know, your pop music station and then um, your, what they called race music back then, which was uh, basically the precursor to the R&B charts in the 1940s as well. So as a PC gamer, um, I want to know that I'm getting the best possible Mafia 2 experience. How will NVIDIA's involvement with this title help ensure that? Well, if you have a fire-breathing monster of a PC that's capable of doing um, the enhanced GPU, you know, the GPU-enhanced physics with the, that supports the Apex clothing and particles, then you're going to have an amazing experience. Um, the cloth moves realistically. Um, it also, the game also supports um, NVIDIA 3D Vision and 3D Vision Surround. So, you know, when you're playing this game in 3D Vision Surround, meaning three monitors in full 3D, um, with the uh, Apex clothing and Apex particles, it's just it's amazing. I mean, the main game features, you know, similar particle systems, and, um, and the clothing does move, but it doesn't quite look as realistic as it does 
It's your card supports, all that stuff from NVIDIA. How does the PS3 version of Mafia 2 compare to the Xbox 360? Will the resolution and textures be close to identical on the two versions, or is one version slightly edge out the other on a technical and performance level? Well, to me, they look pretty much the same. Um, I mean, yeah, I've seen crazy people who go and take screenshots and put them side by side on the Internet and things like that, but if you're just running them on monitors side by side, there really isn't much of a visual or performance difference. Um, this, again, goes back to the Illusion Engine. Um, it, this is what it was designed to do. It was designed to look and run the same across both consoles and PC. The betrayal of Jimmy Pack is exclusive to PlayStation 3, and the game's second pack, uh, Jimmy's Vendetta, will be available for all platforms soon after Mafia 2's launch. What additional post-release content can players expect? Uh, I can't really talk about that right now. Um, there's going to be some more uh, stuff maybe coming out, but we, you know, we have to wait for an announcement. All right. Firelander cannot comment. At any point in Mafia 2, will you be fighting zombies or vampires? Because those are pretty popular right now. <laughs> um, no, you will not be fighting zombies or vampires or zombie vampire Nazis or anything like that. Um, you guys may or may not have heard me joke about zombie mode. I was joking. There are no zombies in the game. Thank you, Jack, for taking time. All right. Thanks a lot, everybody. Talk to you later, Jack. Okay. Bye. Thanks, bye. guys.